Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today on our episode, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different than we've done in the past. Usually when you think about plant-based, you think about food, but what about all the other stuff we use in our everyday lives like makeup products, skincare, body care? And today we have someone who's really great. She's a friend of Michelle's. She is an expert in this space and... Yeah, we're so excited to bring on Sunny Supermanian. Uh, So yeah, let's jump right in. Welcome to our show, Sunny. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on here. I adore you guys and I'm super excited. (laughs) I know it's always fun to have someone that I feel like is already a BFF from a long time (laughs) come onto the show. I this is my first time meeting Sunny and I feel like I know you already from your from your blog and your videos and through Michelle. Michelle actually shot uh your book. Yeah, she shot all the photos for my book and they came out so beautifully, which is like a huge duh, because she's got mad skills. Oh and gosh. um I feel like I know you too for the same reason. Like um I see you and Michelle together all the time. And by the way, you guys are so adorable together. <laughs> And you guys are killing it. I love it. So Aww. excited for you guys. <laughs> I wish you could have come here to record this so we could all just have a fun play day after this. But yeah. Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, Sunny's book is called The Compassionate Chick's Guide to DIY Beauty. And um, it, yeah, it's awesome. It was so much fun going down there and and watching you cook up a storm of beauty products in your home and like bath and beauty and all of that stuff uh, from scratch. That was so cool. And that experience actually is one of the reasons why I was like, we just need to bring Sunny on the show. She's such a wealth of knowledge. She's been li- living and breathing uh, like vegan, cruelty-free beauty and lifestyle for, for so many years that um, I think... It, our listeners are going to be so stoked to learn about what you have to share. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. But before we jump into all that goodness, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, about your blog, where you are, um, how you got into it? Sure. Um, So I've been vegan since 2000, which is always like, oh God, people are going to do the math and realize I'm old AF. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's been 19 years. Um, I'm based in Portland, Oregon. And I went vegan in college when I took um, a philosophy course in ethics, and I knew the professor was hardcore animal rightsy and played all the PETA videos. So I signed up for his class uh, knowing that I'd be a convert because I had always said I loved animals, but I ate them at the same time. And even though I knew that wasn't right, I needed I needed to see it. You know, I needed to be pushed in that direction. But the awareness was partially there. And sure enough, like I went vegan. I didn't even go vegetarian. I went straight into being vegan because these showed the videos about um, the dairy cows and whatnot. And I was like, holy moly, (laughs) I can't, I can't anymore. It's once you know, you can't unknow that stuff. Um, So it's been a long journey. And in 2007, I started Vegan Beauty Review, my blog. And basically, I was just trying to fill a void. I went online, no joke, looking for vegan beauty blogs. And there were none. I was like, how is this possible? And on top of that, I was searching for vegan beauty products, just any, looking for anything online. And it seems like 2007 was just a few years ago, but it's kind of a chunk of time ago. And it's insane how much stuff has changed. Um, So it was like impossible to find beauty products, vegan beauty products, to find reviews on vegan beauty products or a compilation of reviews. 
And I was like, this is just not right. So whatever, I'm going to start my own blog. So that's how Vegan Beauty Review was born. And at that time, I literally knew every vegan beauty brand that existed because it was like a handful. There weren't that many. And now there are so many I can't keep track of. In fact, it gives me anxiety because it's just like, ah, like I want to know them all. And it's just like not even possible these days. So it's nice to see that times are indeed changing. Yeah, it is it is crazy how much things are changing. And I, I remember I first learned about you through your blog. And I did the same thing when I started like trying to figure out what I could find DIY vegan beauty. Thank God you had probably come around and started blogging before I really got to that point in my own journey. And so your resource was there for me, for me, vegan beauty oh. review. And it's always been kind of a trusted place that I could turn to to um, find help in that direction. So that's been awesome. Sunny, can you tell us a little bit about where you are and what your life is like uh, so that we get a little bit more context before we jump into our interview? Oh, sure. So um, I am a vegan mama of two. I live in Portland, Oregon. um, And I just, between um, being a full-time mama (laughs) and running Vegan Beauty Review, I kind of just stay really busy. Um, And that's kind of like what I'm up to in a nutshell. Just just that. <laughs> yeah, that that is a lot on a plate already. Um, I have a question. So when you when you went vegan overnight, that's uh, or <laughs> all at once from Omni to vegan, that's awesome. At what point did you decide? Oh, I need to start thinking about other products in my life, or I'm going to start thinking about these. Like, how did that transition happen, and how did you get like to that point? Actually, before we jump in into that, uh, can you? explain what plant-based products are for people who are only familiar with plant-based eating? Okay. Yeah. Well, and when it comes to vegan lifestyle, it's basically no animal products whatsoever. So I think a lot of people get confused because they think um, cruelty-free equals vegan and vice versa, and they're totally independent. Um, So no animal products. And that goes down to find things like honey and beeswax that people might not realize, oh, that's not vegan. But if it comes from an animal, it's automatically like not vegan. (laughs) So plant-based and vegan, those those words are pretty synonymous, but cruelty-free and vegan are totally different, but there's a lot of overlap. So what is cruelty-free then? So cruelty-free just means a product hasn't been tested on animals but it could be chock full of animal ingredients. And then vegan uh, means there's no animal products, but it could be accidentally vegan and it could be uh, produced by a company that's notorious for animal testing. So it's really important to read ingredients and look for the logos (laughs) that certify that it's vegan and cruelty-free or else contact the company directly and verify that they are indeed vegan and cruelty-free. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people in our audience listening, I know are perhaps um, identify as plant-based and maybe not not quite vegan or their reasons are more for health than for maybe animals and environment. Like people will step into this lifestyle for all sorts of different reasons. And it's cool because um, the labels plant-based and vegan have uh, benefits across the board. Like oftentimes when you're finding vegan products, that is also going to mean that they're plant-based, plant-derived, and a lot more natural and healthful as well. Can you talk about some of kind of the health benefits of moving toward um, plant-based products outside of food? So I think that's another misconception too, um, that things that are vegan are also healthy, right? Just like Oreos are accidentally vegan, but they're not healthy. And I think in the beauty world, that's the case. There are a lot of 
vegan beauty brands that have a lower price point and are accessible and awesome. And I'm super grateful for them. But if you look at the ingredients, you're like, oh my God, these are not healthy (laughs) at all. (laughs) But I think there's a big shift in that world as well. Like the clean beauty revolution is taking off just like veganism is on the rise and exploding. I think companies are starting to produce greener products. Um, So I think there's a lot of overlap when it comes to vegan and healthy as well in the beauty world. Um, So looking for obviously products that don't have toxic chemicals and preservatives, endocrine disruptors. A lot of these preservatives are just so they can extend the shelf life. So when you buy a product at Target, you know, you can have it for one, two, three years and it doesn't go bad. Whereas the more all natural brands might only have a shelf life of six months. So you got to use it more quickly and repurchase it, but it's so much better for you and you don't have to worry about carcinogens or messing with your hormones. And it's just like good, pure ingredients. So I feel like the health conscious people that are into, you know, plant-based goods for health reasons should definitely look out for not just vegan and cruelty-free, but definitely non-toxic beauty, which I hope, you know, revs up even more so over the years and becomes more of a standard. Yeah, that's exciting. Can you let us know, like, some, what are some of the ingredients that you kind of look out for as like, eee, why is this in my products? <laughs> or things that people might want to, you know, pay attention to or avoid? Well, well, to check this out, like, I know a lot of people are like, well, but aren't certain, um, like, animal-derived ingredients necessary for skincare? And, like, even if you aren't vegan, like, some of these ingredients are going to have, like, a nasty growth-out factor. Um, things like, I think it's pronounced elatoin, is cow pee, and ambergris, which Ew. is often in perfumes, which is whale barf. Um, beeswax is essentially beeswax when you think about it, and carmine, which makes uh, cosmetics red, like lipsticks red, are essentially crushed beetles. Lanolin is wool grease, collagen is bones and placenta, like so much nastiness. And it's like, we don't need that. And I think a lot of it is a byproduct of factory farming, you know, because they slaughter the animals and like, oh, what do we do with these bones? What do we do with these tendons? Let's put it in makeup. You know what I mean? Let's put it in marshmallows, like all these oddball things. So I feel like you know, so many of these things can be replaced and we don't need those kind of ingredients. But as far as like preservatives go, I know parabens are really bad and they're carcinogenic. What are, um, and what are parabens? It's a chemical compound that is used um, as a preservative and it's uh, in so many beauty products and it's not necessary. It just extends shelf life. Um but there's natural versions of that. Um, and I know vitamin E can be used, especially if you're making your own products at home. <laughs> Yay. But um, I think in general, shorter, you just have to expect a shorter shelf life for the healthier stuff. And that's okay. Like that's a big deal, you know? <laughs> I always see no parabens on my on my shampoo or conditioner. And I'm like, I have no idea that what that means. And and like probably a lot of our listeners, I I am I'm vegan. And I eat Oreos and I wear Target makeup. So I don't know a lot about this. I'm really fascinated about all the the things that you're sharing because I'm a vegan for animals and have not really dug into the more natural, but it does sound appealing to me. Yeah, I, I remember. I re- I know, all good. I remember when I first kind of started learning about parabens and I think it happened from seeing paraben-free on labels. And so I was like, oh, I need to look this up. And there was just 
I mean, it's conflicting information out there about everything, yeah. of course, but it was enough to make me think, I don't really want to be smearing this on our body. What goes on our body goes in our body. And there was, I was looking at the products that I was using at, at the time. And while many of them were cruelty-free, a lot of them had parabens. And so I was like, oh man, how am I going to find things to replace this? And yeah, that's when I turned to you, Sunny, <laughs> in your blog. Oh, and, awesome. and do you have any, um, okay, so like veganism, uh, for many people who don't go into it overnight, like myself, what, where would you start? Like if somebody was like, okay, I can't, I don't want to give up my, like my shampoo and my, my favorite scent, uh, but I am interested in making one simple change. Where would you recommend people starting? So I'm a big, like huge proponent of people doing it at a comfortable and sustainable pace. Like granted I did it overnight. That's probably not advice I would give to anyone else. You know what I mean? Um, definitely do it in baby steps or however, whatever feels comfortable to you. And like, if you still have, for instance, like people are like, I still have leather shoes or leather belts or just throw everything out. And it's like, you know what? You already have it. You might as well wear it till it's not usable anymore and then just start fresh. So if you have a favorite shampoo or you have this huge makeup stash, that's not vegan, but you already bought it. Like it's, it's been done. Like go ahead and use that up and enjoy it. Um, and then slowly start to replace those to healthier alternatives, more conscious alternatives. Um, and look for dupes, you know, like there are, or you get advice from people or shop around and see what you like. Like just because something's vegan and cruelty-free doesn't mean it's going to be inferior to a non-vegan and cruelty-free product, especially in today's age where there's a gazillion brands, beauty brands, and with the demand, the rising demand of more vegan stuff, like we just keep getting more and more options over time. So number one is just start at a comfortable pace. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Otherwise, you'll throw in the towel and be like, ah, oh, this is impossible. I can't do it. So that's awesome. What are some like really accessible and maybe recognizable brands that identify as vegan or have lots of vegan options that people can look for and maybe even expect to find in normal mainstream stores these days? Yeah. And normal like Walmart <laughs> and, and not, oh, okay. not Whole Foods. Like, but if, like if someone lives, brand. yeah, like if someone lives in a rural area and still wants to um, move over to more natural, cruelty-free vegan products, uh, which brands would those be? Well, I'm sure you guys recently heard that CoverGirl, right, is the first huge mainstream beauty brand to get Leaping Bunny certified, which I feel is a total game changer and shows that I feel like animal testing is a, is going to be the end. Yeah. Maybe not super soon, but it's definitely in sight. Um, they're currently working on a vegan list of products, uh, so I can't wait to share that as soon as I get my hands on it, but they're a vegan-friendly company. and. Elf is super vegan. Well, not vegan friendly. All of their stuff is vegan, cruelty free, and like one to three dollars. Or some of the eye palettes are a little bit more expensive, but super affordable. And you can find that at drugstores. I really like Wet and Wild. They're cruelty free, super vegan friendly, not exclusively vegan friendly, but they're starting to put V's on their vegan products. Um, and you can find everything from them, like eyeshadows, foundations. Um, so it's nice that there's a price point for everything. There's vegan-friendly drugstore brands. And if you want something higher end, you know, you could rock that method too. Um, Pacifica is also great for skincare and I love makeup. Pacifica. And love them, right? And their packaging is like, ooh, so delightful. So beautiful. <laughs> and they're available at Target, which, you know, what's crazy is you walk into a Target, um, and this is like kind of 
recent, like not 10 years ago, but like much more recent, like you walk in and they have like a green beauty aisle and it keeps expanding and get, getting bigger and bigger. And it's makeup and skincare and hair care. And I like how they lump it all together. So you don't have to like fish for it. It's just all right there. Um, and like, you can't get more accessible than Target, right? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And it's, I feel like it's helping so much, um, when brands like Pacifica are putting vegan front and center and cruelty-free front and center on their packaging and their marketing, it's just like so a part of their brand. And same thing with Lush, right? Like they've been doing this for ages. They would do like advocacy demos about animal testing on the yeah. streets and they donate to animal animal charities and causes. So it's really exciting seeing and supporting as a consumer, the brands that are um, really taking a stand on these issues. Yeah, and I feel like it's clearly working because we are voting with our dollars and they can see all the analytics as far as like who's buying what or when people email like, how come this isn't cruelty free? And we just got to keep putting the pressure on that way and more and more brands are going to convert to the good side. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of time. So I totally cut Michelle off earlier in the very beginning of our episode when she asked you a question about how you got into it. I'm super curious uh, to know about that and also about your DIY stuff. I focus on budget-friendly things and a big selling point of your book is that some products are expensive and you can be making them yourself cruelty-free, natural, all the things and for a lot cheaper. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, so I've always been a skincare junkie, like since like inception. <laughs> like I've always <laughs> loved beauty products, and it's so funny when you. I, I'm especially big into anti aging stuff, and it's funny when something says, "Oh, this features argan oil or whatever," which is like this potent antioxidant beauty oil, and you look at the ingredients. And it could be like at the tail end, which means it has the smallest quantity out of like all the ingredients combined. And it's supposed to be the rock star ingredient. So I was like, well, why don't I just smear straight up argon oil all over my face and get maximum benefits out of that? <laughs> um, and that way you're avoiding preservatives. Um, it's lower cost. And it's one ingredient and you know what's in it and you know it's cruelty free. Um, so it's definitely more cost effective, especially, I don't know, I'm, I'm hardcore into beauty oils. Like I wash my face with them. I take my makeup off with them. I use them as moisturizer, um, serums, like they're kind of like a one-stop shop <laughs> for like beauty care. I swear by beauty oils, probably like I, if I came out with another DIY beauty book, it would just be like called argon oil. And that'd be the, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I remember for the longest time I was scared to put oil on my face because I, yeah, That's me. I, I was like our pores, it's yeah. going to clog out. Like, do I, I don't want to have an oily I'm, face. I'm listening to you thinking like, oh, you want me to put oil on my face? Yes, but I did it once. <laughs> like I put, I don't know, jojoba oil or something. And like a company had sent me some and I was like, I'm just going to try this and use it. And I ended up using it instead of moisturizer like it was it was so basic so clean the ingredients were so simple and it totally did not like make my face react or break out it just like absorbs like a moisturizer would which is amazing and like coconut oil which is something that many of us have around the house I started using that as like a makeup remover eye makeup remover and it's amazing when you just put oil on your face like all the makeup just comes right off off. it yeah it just melts (laughs) off it's amazing yeah I'm getting married and I just did my trial run for makeup. And they, I told her that I don't usually wear makeup and it made me really uncomfortable to think of putting foundation on my face. So she was like, okay, well, what if we just do a little oil? And I was like, oh, you want to put oil on my face? Okay. 
okay, I'll give it a try. Because she was so disappointed that I didn't want to do the foundation. So I was like, okay, let's compromise. I'll do the oil. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. Congratulations, by the way, on your upcoming marriage. Thank you so much. Can you tell us some of the benefits of using oil? So you you swore by them, but why? Why? Okay, well, first of all, I know it seems so counterintuitive. In fact, me, maybe six years, seven years ago, I would never want to put oil on my face. In fact, I didn't use liquid foundation, sunscreen on my face. Like the the thought of smearing anything on my face that wasn't a powder, like grodied me out. <laughs> I would only use like powder foundation, yeah. powder concealer. Now I'm like on the other side. But um, so yeah, it's super counterintuitive, but you have to make sure you're using the correct type of facial oil for your skin type. There's so many and you have to make sure it's non-comedogenic, which means it won't clog your pores. And out, and actually coconut oil is as amazing as it is. It's kind of iffy. It's like in the halfway mark as far as being comedogenic or not. Some people break out from it. Some people don't. So if it Good works for know. you, that's great. Um, I feel like removing your makeup's fine though because it's I not like I just put it on my eyes me. usually. It's like yeah, for mascara totally and stuff. Fine. But that's really good to know. I had no idea. And if you have acne-prone skin, castor oil is really good for that because um, it actually helps fight acne and it doesn't leave any sil- uh, like slick residue. There are there are oils when you put them on. It leaves that you know slick oiliness, and uh, I know that doesn't feel good, especially if you put that on before night and then you rest your head on your pillow and you're like, I'm going to make an oil stain. <laughs> but then there's oils like argon and marula and grapeseed oil that are known as dry oils where you put them on and they just like pretty much, you rub them in and they're evaporated. Like they they're gone. Soft. You don't even soft. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Your skin just feels amazing. Which of those um, oils so those- are cheaper? Like what in, if someone doesn't have a lot of money, which of those would you recommend on the cheaper side? On the cheaper side? Well, um, I mean, coconut oil is definitely accessible and cheaper if it works for your skin type. I have noticed that uh, Trader Joe's sells jojoba oil. I think that's the only beauty oil they have. So it's definitely cheap if you buy it from uh, Trader Joe's. And if you go on Amazon, like there's, you know, you can always check the different price points. The more expensive ones I know are, you know, avocado oil, which is great for anti-aging, but definitely leaves that kind of slick feeling and rosehip seed oil, which is also amazing for anti-aging. I think the most expensive is maybe carrot seed oil, which I've never has, even heard um, of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy is it acts as a natural sunscreen. It has like a ridiculously high SPF. Like wow. something, I don't know, like 45 or 50, something insane like that. Super expensive though, but it fights wrinkles, good stuff like that. Um, so yeah, coconut, jojoba, maybe um, uh, grape seed oil, which, you know, it's nice that you can use it on your face and then you could like cook with it afterwards. <laughs> Sunny. <laughs> Before you were vegan, were you as into uh, skincare products as when you became vegan? Were were you always this enthusiastic about it? I've always been a beauty junkie, specifically skincare, like even more than makeup. When I was young, like I always joke um, that I I um I've been into anti aging stuff since I was in my mom's belly, you know, because like placenta. I remember after I gave birth to my first child, my midwife, she smeared some of my placenta goo on my face. And I was like, what are you doing, woman? And she's like, this is the best anti-wrinkle cream you'll ever try. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, that's amazing. You're like, how, um, how can I bottle the rest of this up? I'm well, right? you eat I'll your placenta, Sunny? 
Um, but yeah, when I was growing up, even when I remember being like six years old, seven years old, and my mom always had these like beauty capsules with oils in it. I think it was oil of Olay maybe. I don't know, but I would totally dip into her stash as like a six-year-old, not having wrinkles, obviously, but just like fascinated with skincare because she had so much of it and she always had like the really nice stuff. Um, so I always played around with her stuff. I don't think she knew that. Um, and then I remember one day and was it college? I went like an entire winter without wearing a uh, moisturizer for some dorko reason. I don't know what I was thinking, but my skin got so parched and dry and I looked like an old lady. <laughs> and my best friend who loves keeping it real with me was, I, I straight up asked her, I was like, do I look old right now? And she's like, yeah, you have like creases around your eyes and that la la la. And I went to the grocery store and I bought like every anti-wrinkle cream. I could find. <laughs> and it wasn't even about that. It was just like, I needed to moisturize like on a daily basis, which it, by the way, is my number one beauty tip. And I wish I had started on a more regular, I mean, I've always been into skincare, but I wish I did it more religiously with moisturizer. Cause I feel like if you moisturize your skin daily, like starting, I don't know, late teens, early twenties onward, you're going to have beautiful, youthful, plump skin, like for life. If you're on top of it, you know what I mean? I have never, I, I don't think I've ever moisturized my face ever. You I also am the worst. Face and you have gorgeous skin. And the fact that you don't, wear makeup or you don't like foundation. Like I'm so envious. I'm so jealous. You just have naturally amazing oh, Thank skin. you. Um, yeah. I used to, at work, I would sit with my space heater on my, I was such a freeze baby. And so I was always, always cold. And I put my space heater on my desk and it was pointed right at my face. And my boss, Steve would walk by, actually Sunny, you know, Steve yeah. uh, would, would walk by and be like, Michelle, your skin is going to be awful when you get older because I was just like drying out my face. But um, yeah, I I have naturally pretty dry skin. So I I do like need to use moisturizer. So I I have like... But you don't? I do. Oh, you do? Oh yeah. Every time I get out of the shower, I have to put some sort of moisturizer on my face or it'll get like dry and peely and weird. It's the best to do it. It's always peely. Yeah. Well, there you go. Moisturizer. Um, yeah. So, okay. Oils are awesome. And I'm sure you have lots of resources and we can link that in the show notes if people want to kind of dive into that more. I'm curious also digging a little bit deeper into the DIY beauty space. Um, what are like some of the coolest, easiest, most accessible, like where would you recommend people start with that? What are some really cool, simple things people can make on their own? Um, I mean, I would just start with stuff you already have in the kitchen because I know you could go on Amazon and get some of the more obscure ingredients. But if you have sugar and oils and salts and um, because you can make body scrubs and lip scrubs and moisturizers, like just with like a few simple ingredients. Um, But to make like a lip and body scrub, it's literally just salt, sugar, salt or sugar and oil. You know what I mean? And then you can jazz it up with some essential oil. Um, and petals and decorate it however you want. Um, is, is there a link on your website of like one resource that you recommend for like the best, easiest um, DIY makeup? Her book. Well, yeah. <laughs> one thing that we Here's could. You know, I think I do have a link okay. to like the super basics. Like if you're starting out and you're a noob, like get this list. Like I think I have a list. Um, of accessible ingredients. I think I do have that on there. It's been a while since I posted that one, but I'll try to hunt that one down. 
Um, one one thing that I remember distinctly from my week with you when we were photographing your book was the bath bombs, which oh my in God. my head, I was thinking, this is so ridiculous. People are charging like $9 for a bath bomb that you use once. Like you could totally make this easily at home. And like, it was such a challenge to perfect that recipe. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what? I, I think I've come up with a much easier and simpler recipe for bath bombs that I've been using lately. Um, that's like only three ingredients and way simpler to make. In fact, I was going to do like a quick tutorial on that. Um, but yeah, um, it's, so <laughs> it's crazy when you think about it, um, like a bath bomb, I mean, Lush is like fancy and luxe and such a treat, but like you can spend like, how much is a Lush bath bomb? Like yeah, $5 or yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Or you can spend like 50 cents. <laughs> um, so yeah, bath ball, bath salts are also really easy to make. You just need Epsom salt and if you have pink Himalayan salt. Um, so like bath salts are easy to make. Bath bombs are surprisingly easy to make if you take away the Michelle Sunny experience. That we yeah. I swear, I'll have to send you a link to a much simpler recipe. I was like, I must have been on crack when I came up with that one. Um, but yeah, that and scrubs are super easy and moisturizers. I mean, you could use double boilers and melt down waxes and oils to make a moisturizer, or you could just use oils. Like you don't have to be complicated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it just, it just depends on what you want to make. Lip balms are really easy to make. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the things that most people use. And like when I first went vegan, the things that I was like, oh, how am I going to replace this? And one of them was lip balms because those are traditionally made with beeswax or other, you know, non, non-plant-based ingredients. And at the time there were so few options for that, but now like, yeah, you can make your own, but there's also brands like Crazy Rumors and Hurrah and all sorts of, her. yeah, like it seems like and Pacifica, like so many yeah. brands now make plant-based lip balms, which is exciting. Um, and even soap, like I remember when I learned that soap often can contains animal products, which I was like, what? Blown away by. Uh, But again, it's easy to find plant-based. So it's just for a lot of these things, it's now that everything's so accessible, it's just about tuning into just take the moment to think about it at the store. Pick up the two options in front of you that both are equally enticing and choose the one that's plant-based. Doesn't it blow your mind how, I'll just say like in 10 years, how far things have come? Like I remember that too. Even like when we were working at PETA together, I feel like lip balm options were pretty small. Yeah. And now it's like, God, we have so many choices. We couldn't even name them all if we wanted to. Things are exploding. And you know, I just read recently, I think there was um, a quote in The Economist that a quarter of all millennials are identifying as vegetarians or vegan. And like, the little mind blown emoji insert here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah, it's That's so cool. Easy. That's insane to me. Cause I remember, I think when I went vegan in 2000, it was like less than 1% of the world population was vegan. And I, it was so nominal and teeny tiny and like, oh, yeah. it's a good time to be vegan. It's very exciting. And it's never been easier because it's got so much momentum. Like the types of alternatives and options we have available, there really is no excuse. Like back in the day, it was challenging. You know, it took more work, but now it's so crazy easy. So easy. So as we've mentioned, there are people from all walks of life listening to this from all all over. And it's a super judgment-free zone. So 
if someone is just hearing about this for the first time in this episode, where would you send them? Obviously, your blog, but is there a special place? Do you have um, resources that helped you or help you still? And we'll definitely be plugging your book. uh, But in addition to your book, what is good? Oh, well, I I would totally point to you guys with the, you know, the plant-based on a budget. I feel like that's really handy for people because there's this misconception that vegan lifestyle, you know, is expensive. And of course, vegan.com, right? Um, I don't know. There's just so many. And Michelle, your website, God, there's so many good ones out there. And I feel like nowadays, if you just, even if you walk into a Target, they have a plant-based section in their uh, frozen section. So you can find products like Gardein and Amy's and Boca. Um, oh my God, you guys, Walmart. I was in Walmart the other day and I'm grateful this is a judgment-free zone, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we talk about Walmart day. all the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. And my, have you guys tried Alpha Burritos? Yes. yes delicious. Oh my God. I feel, I, I'm going to like cry. I'm so emotional <laughs> right now. <laughs> Like those are the my favorite burritos, even like more so than restaurant burritos. They have like Philly cheesesteaks and this Mexicali one, and it's got the faux meat and the cheese, and they just melt so beautifully and are so flavorful. And I think they're like a, I don't know, like a dollar forty nine at Walmart. I don't know. It just like blew my mind. Uh, but you can buy veggie dogs there. You burgers, obviously the burritos. Um, I don't know. It's accessible everywhere. So my advice to a newbie would be like, go to the stores you already shop at and chances are they'll have some options there. Um, but there's so many resources online as well. Um, you know, obviously just Google search or Amazon, you know, go to Amazon. If you live in a, like a super rural place that doesn't have a lot of grocery stores, um, but Amazon delivers to your house, just type in vegan in the search and you'll find lots of good stuff there. Like, God bless the internet, right? God, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's right there at our fingertips. And Sunny, I love how on your website you have, um, like, compiled not only, like, the most epic list of 100% vegan beauty brands, but you also kind of clump together cruelty-free bath and body, cruelty-free hair care, cruelty-free makeup, like, cruelty-free fragrances, all of those things. So it's such a great, if like, for someone who's just stepping into, say, you want to change up your shampoo or something specific, that's a great place to go to see all the brands there available to you. And if anything, it would probably just create overwhelm because there's so many options. <laughs> I know, but, right? <laughs> yeah, that's super helpful. And then also, um, shout out to Vegan Cuts, uh, which I work with as well, but they do a, a vegan beauty box. And there's actually a lot of actually subscription boxes. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on those and your favorites, but that people can subscribe to to get a box of, I don't know, five or 10 cruelty-free vegan beauty products delivered to your doorstep every month. And then that way you can explore kind of sample sizes or get to know different companies and brands. And it, it seems like a great opportunity, at least it was for me as I was first stepping into the space to kind of get to know what's out there. Oh my God. I love that idea. Yeah, definitely. Subscription boxes are a great way to discover things. And I feel like even though I've been in the vegan scene for a really long time, like so many of those brands are new to me, um, in the beauty box and the snack box, I'm like, where can I buy this? Like I always have to, like, if I'm eating a snack from there or a beauty product, I'm trying it on and I love it. I have to take a photo to remind myself to Google it later (laughs) to find out where I can buy it. There's so much new stuff. Like it's, it never gets old. And I love that, that there's so many options out there. And by the way, even though I'm a, I'm a beauty blogger, 
like the vegan cut snack box is my like my all time favorite. <laughs> Yay! Because I'm obsessed with food and snacks. That's um, awesome. And I'm like, I've got my fill of beauty products. But yes, oh my gosh, and it's so affordable. I feel like, and you don't have yeah. to pay for shipping. And I know I totally sound like a vegan cuts ad right now. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like and a Christmas present on your doorstep, and and yeah, then you yeah. also get to kind of learn about the space. What are some of your other favorite? Um, subscription boxes that are vegan beauty related. Like Petit Vu does one, right? And oh, I saw Ivana Lynch now has one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is what is like the kind box or something? Um so yeah, Pet, Petit Vore is really good. Vegan Cuts is awesome. Um there's one called Clover Box, which is cool. Um and just vegan lifestyle in general, vegan cuts, the peeps that vegan cuts came out with it not just came out with, but like a oh, while wow, the goddess provisions. I feel like the vegan cut snack box and goddess provisions are like my all-time favorite favorites. <laughs> yeah, they were like the the original. Like the vegan cuts is the original vegan box. So gotta show love. And then yeah, the um Ivana Lynch and also Daniela Monet teamed up together and they created the kinder beauty box, which is kind brand new. Yes. Yeah, I think it yes. just launched like last month, right? So that's yeah. it's really exciting. And okay. if you follow those girls actually on Instagram, that's a great place through their stories that they're kind of starting to talk about vegan and plant-based beauty. So those are great resources as well as well. And that's at kinderbeauty.com. How amazing is that? And I know this is a little sidetrack, but with Beyonce, like urging her fans to go vegan and Miley Cyrus being super outspoken about vegan and these lovely ladies creating a cruelty-free vegan box. Like, whoa. So cool. (laughs) So exciting. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast episode. I personally learned a lot. As I mentioned, I don't really know a lot about this space. So having an expert come on and share all of your knowledge that you've gained over forever is extremely helpful to me. Yeah. I feel like I could talk to you for days. I want to talk to you about like specific, like what's your favorite mascara? What's your favorite XYZ? But um, I know all those resources are out there and we will link for everybody in the show notes, all of that. Thank you so much, Sunny. Is there anything else you want to share with the people? Yeah. Where can, where can we find you? Thanks, you guys. Um, so yeah, my blog is veganbeautyreview.com um, and social. I'm most probably active on Instagram, which is, you know, at veganbeautyreview. Um, but I'm also on Twitter, vegan underscore beauty and Facebook, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Um, I had so much fun, you guys. This is amazing. And I wish we could hang out and chat too about not just beauty stuff, but just just hang. We're going to make that happen. So Trip to Portland. <laughs> yes, please visit. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sunny. Okay. Bye, you guys. Bye-bye. That was so awesome. I learned a lot. As I mentioned in the episode, I'm not really very well informed about this issue. I have purchased the cheapest. I'm the person who's buying makeup at Target for a dollar and it works just fine. It is vegan and cruelty-free, so I have been comfortable with that. But now I'm going to go look into some of the resources that Sunny mentioned. Yeah, and as we mentioned, you can find everything she mentioned over in the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com. And we'd also so love your support if you've been loving this podcast and want to see it around well into the future. We do have a Patreon page where you can support the show. It's patreon.com slash plantpoweredpeople. Um, and if you head over there, you can make a monthly contribution to help us keep this alive. We would so, so love that. It would mean the world to us. And 
and it really is um, helpful in paying for the expenses and helping to cover all that goes in to the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We love Sunny and just found it really valuable. So we hope that you loved it and we will catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye.